I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, let's go back in time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And behind the steelcurtain.com, you have stumbled upon the Steelers retro show, my friends. And it's when we take a break from the fantastic 2020 that's going on and go back to yesteryear and talk about a great game from the Pittsburgh Steelers past. Everybody loves nostalgia. Everybody loves what's shaping the Steelers today. And these are the games that did just that. My good friend, Tony Defio is along with me. Tony, glad to have you here. Oh, great to be with you, Brian. I can't wait to talk about this game. A little AFC North road playoff action. Yeah, it was not often that this happened. And when it does, it's always electric, my friend. And I cannot wait to talk all about January 9th, 2016. Now, Tony, we usually go way back into yesteryear, <laughs> go back into the 70s, the 80s, the 90s a lot, even 2005, which was what, 15 seasons ago. But now, not too far back, but this was a game that really shaped the Steelers. What were you doing in January of 2016? Well, I was a I was a store manager, and I was coming home from work that day, and I had a flat tire, so I took about thirty minutes to uh, to change my tire before I got home to watch this game. That's what I was doing on that particular day. Oh man, that stinks! You were probably all jazzed for the game, and then that happens. Yeah, but the good thing about that day it was it was super warm out, so that that was the only uh, the only good side about that. But 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 I was still excited about the game because anytime the Steelers are in the postseason, it's uh. It's fun, flat tire or no flat tire. So what was going on in the world back then? I got to tell you, I had a bunch of people over at my house. 
I made bacon burger dogs for the entire crew. That's something that I got from the uh, Cosby show when Theo was all upset. <laughs> a girl dumped him or something happened with his friend Cockroach. You know, Cliff, his dad, he cheered him up with a bacon burger dog. And I figured, you know what? I should try to make those. So I made those for all my friends at Steeler Central. I took a hot dog, threw some cheese in them, put hamburger hamburger around it, encased it in a hamburger, and encased that in bacon. It was a heart attack on a plate. And we would find out that that would be fitting because we were about to have a heart attack watching our television and our Pittsburgh Steelers. Number one at the box office back then, Tony, was Star Wars The First, the, the Force Awakens. That was a big one for the franchise to finally come back. If you haven't seen that, spoiler alert, Han Solo dies. There was no rejoicing. So I could say that four years later. You already know that it happened almost five years later. So, Tony, you're pumping your fist there. You know, so you missed that movie. I know I watched it. That was just a big thing back then. People <laughs> going nuts because uh, of those of that, of that one particular spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. So I thought that was funny. I remember one of the first episodes of the uh, Simpsons when they were going back in time to Marge and Homer's first date. Homer's walking out and saying, I can't believe that Luke Skywalker is the son of Darth Vader. And everyone's like, oh, yes, yes. everyone in line. Uh, so- I remember that. that was hilarious. Okay, you cut out. You cut out there. That was weird. So say that again. The hilarious. Yeah, I remember that. That was hilarious. Uh, that's a good good memory about the, from the Simpsons. Simpsons. I love that. So I digress. Let's get into the number one song of the time. It was "Hello," not by Lionel Richie, but by Adele. I know you were jamming to that song probably when you were changing your tire, Tony. And you were probably hoping, man, I got to get to the convenience store because there's a $900 million Powerball jackpot that I need to play, Tony. Did you buy a ticket? I did not, but if I had, I I probably would have uh, purchased the Steelers anyway. So it's probably a good thing that I didn't and I didn't know you back then. And then I would have just been reading about this guy's my age, Tony Defio, Tony D that owns the Steelers and I'd be jealous of them. But now I'm on your lottery list and you're <laughs> on mine. So if we win, we'll share the Steelers. How about that? My friend. Hey, it's fine by me. Fine by me. Share the wealth. That's what I say. Well, let's get on to this game, Tony. It was a heck of a game. The Steelers started out the contest without the services of Le'Veon Bell, who the Bengals injured in a game two months earlier, and without D'Angelo Williams, who went down in Cleveland in Week 17. They did not have running back depth, so it was up to Fitzgerald Toussaint and Jordan Todman to lead the way for the Steelers at running back. After taking the opening kickoff, Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, well, they would muster up much of nothing. And they went three and out, and on came A.J. McCarron leading the Bengals' offense. A.J. completed two short passes to the likes of Tyler Eifert, who you will hear about a lot, and A.J. Green, who you will hear even more about. A.J. Green always punished the Steelers, Tony. But they fell short as well and had a punt. So one series for each team. And a three and out, my friend. Yeah, and the Steelers' offense was uh, had a nice stretch uh, during 2015, putting up 30 points in a row uh, each game for like five weeks in a row. But uh, it wasn't that uh, wasn't going to be that kind of game for them, at least early on in this in the first quarter. So the next series, 
They could not move the chains either team. So on the Steelers' third possession, maybe they could do it then, Tony. The Steelers had to start from their own six, but Fitz Toussaint started to make his name known with a nine-yard run. Then on third and two, Fitz cut a ball out of the backfield and rumbled for a first down, but they were not able to get much after that 24-yard first down. It looked as though it could be called back, but the flags were called on the defense for an offsides call. There was much rejoicing. Tony, were you thinking they were finally going to get things going here? Yeah, it looked like they were finally going to get into a rhythm and and and, and get on top early, which is what you need to do on the road. But but uh, uh, as we're about to find out, that wasn't meant to be. Yes, they did not. After that great run, another great run by Jordan Todman for a first down. Mike Munchak, of all people, was called for pulling the hair of Reggie Nelson on the sidelines. Reggie had long hair. He was a thorn in the side of the Steelers. It looked like Munchak was trying to just stop him from pulling people over. And then what happened, Tony? Uh, it was more aggressive when you looked at it uh, up close because he, he kind of <laughs> grabbed Nelson by the hair and uh, uh, had a, a few words to say to him. And he, he was called for, uh, uh, Munch was called for uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. So the, uh, the play that Todd, the yards that Todman picked up were, uh, were kind of wiped out. Uh, and they were kind of back at midfield after that. Yeah, loss of 15. The Steelers did continue to ride the legs of TNT, Todman, and Toussaint, and they began to move the chains again. The first quarter would end with a scoreless first, but the Steelers would end the frame with 50 yards on the ground. They were really getting moving. So were you feeling good on the fact that these two young runners that nobody really heard of, one guy in Toussaint that started the season on the practice squad and Todman who was basically a kick returner for the Steelers coming to play. Were you feeling good about these guys? Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise coming off of uh, the year before with Le'Veon Bell going down right before the playoffs. And they didn't have uh, D'Angelo back then because uh, LeGarrette Blunt was supposed to be the backup and they cut him in mid season and they really didn't have anybody to go to. So this was a nice surprise to see these two, young guys stepping up for them in the, four, in, in the uh, first quarter of a, of a crucial playoff game. It was not to be for the Steelers on that drive either. The Bengals defense would start to clamp down. Nelson would sack Ben, but Nelson ended up limping off of the field and his day was done, Tony. And that was a big deal for the Steelers because he was definitely a defensive powerhouse for the Bengals that season. Yeah, he was kind of a thorn in their side during their regular season, and 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 and, and he was a a, a a valuable member of the Bengals secondary. So for them to lose him, uh, that was huge at that point in the game. It was definitely not a dirty play. It was friendly fire as Vincent Ray would step on his foot, and that's what drove him to the locker room. After both teams traded punts again, it looked like the Steelers would get a huge break when Cam Hayward would bust through and force a strip sack, but Cincinnati recovered, and Huber was on to punt again for the Bengals after going three and out. Next series, Ben would get sacked, but here we go. Unsportsmanlike penalty on Donato Pecco would move the chains. However, on the next play, Marcus Wheaton, wearing number 11, didn't do very good things, my friend. What happened? Unfortunately, he he uh, he fumbled the ball away, and and, and, the, and another scoring opportunity was uh, was thwarted, and, and it was uh, it remained zero zero. 
and you just knew, all right, they turned the ball over. They've been punting like crazy. The Bengals finally have a shot. They are going to capitalize, but they would not. McCarron would give it right back on third and 12 from the 45 when Antoine Blake would intercept an underthrown deep ball and return it 39 yards all the way to the Bengals' 40-yard line. Pretty good break for the Steelers, Tony. It was. It was. The Steelers' secondary what wasn't what it is today, uh, but – but Blake was a, a nice contributor for them during this uh, t- time period. And, and that was a huge play in a, at, at that point in the game to, to get the Steelers uh, really premium field position uh, in the, in the uh, second quarter. Steelers really couldn't move the ball much, but they brought on the rookie Chris Boswell, a guy we still know and love. He hits a 35 yard field goal. It was three, nothing Steelers late in the second Tony. And so what we're going to do, we're going to see if the Steelers can even extend that lead or if the Bengals are going to come back and take the lead right after this on BTSC, the family of podcast. It's the Steelers Retro Show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio. As we go back in time to January 9th, 2016, it was the playoff game to start the postseason, the 2015 postseason, to be exact. And Tony, you had a matchup of two teams that just did not like each other whatsoever. And it seemed like this was going to get ugly. It wasn't too ugly early besides the hair pulling incident. But what were your thoughts going in the second uh, Going in late into the second quarter. Well, at this point I was kind of, I, I thought the Steelers had a huge advantage going in because it was Ben against the uh, Bengals backup McCarron. And I was hoping that they would have a bigger advantage, but as you said, these two teams did not like each other. And, and, and this turned into a, uh, a defensive battle. So I was, I was kind of disappointed that it was only three, nothing, but, but I was still hopeful that, that, that they could uh, really add some points before the half. Absolutely. And let's see what they can do. The Bengals would have to punt just inside the two minute warning on the ensuing drive. Then Fitz would rumble for 16 yards after a catch. And then Ben completed a huge pass over the middle. And then Sean Williams would crack Wheaton 
after the catch. And he received a 15-yard penalty, Tony. Ben was almost intercepted near the end zone by Vincent Ray on that series. And the Steelers called on Boswell again. With 13 seconds left in the half, the Steelers lead now 6-0, Tony. We're going into halftime. You're only up 6-0. This game could turn on a dime. Were you feeling good? All I know is I was eating bacon burger dogs, and I wasn't feeling anything at this point. Yeah, I was I was pretty nervous. This is their first playoff game in what five years. So I was uh I was pretty nervous at that point. I was hoping for a much, much uh larger spread on the uh, scoreboard. So yeah, six nothing at, at halftime. That didn't uh, uh that that didn't do anything to uh to quell my nerves. To start the third, McCarron would start to move the chains on a you know, to the likes of guys like Muhammad Sanu, but after Jordan Hill would dash for 40 yards down to the Steelers 30. The Steelers' D would come up huge once again. The ball came out of McCarron's hands when Jarvis Jones, of all guys, slapped the ball out of his mitts. And Cam Thomas, the free agent non-sensation, but great play here, picked up the ball and started to rumble. But he also would fumble, and William Gay picked up the ball. What would William Gay do with this big play? Willie Gay. He remembered all the way to the house and is uh, fitting for him that year. He, he had a, like a extended celebration in the end zone that was penalized 15 yards. But as they went to the break, it looked by to me like they would be up by 13, uh, a score of 13 to nothing. So I was feeling pretty good at that point. But what stinks here, it would not stand because what happened was they noticed that Cam Thomas's knee was down and he was down by contact, so the Willie Gay play didn't happen. They kept the 15-yard penalty. I was thinking, man, you wipe out the penalty, you wipe out the touchdown, you should wipe out the penalty because the touchdown doesn't happen. There's no reason to celebrate, but no, that wouldn't work. But still, the Steelers really weren't moving the ball that much. They got down to the Steelers' 20, couldn't go any further. Here we go. Boswell comes in, makes it 9 nothing with 10.09 left in the third. That man was clutch as a rookie. Yeah, he, he was a, uh, a guy that they signed in the middle of the season, or at least early in the season after uh, Sean Sweezum got hurt in training camp or in the preseason, and, and then Josh Scobie was a, a horrible experiment that they they traded the Jaguars to get him. So uh, for, for an unknown that, that came on out of nowhere, he really was clutch for them that year, especially in this game. The next series ended with another Huber punt. The Steelers would go to the run then, but then Ben, in the face of a blitz, would throw a 10-yard pass to Brown, and A.B., Antonio Brown, would dash 50 yards to take the ball all the way down to the 10-yard line. Then Ben would throw the ball that ended in an acrobatic, beautiful catch by Martavis Bryant. He did a flip in the end zone, Tony, while he was catching it. And the score, it's 15-0 with 5.02 left in the third. 15-0, Tony. Now, they'd go for two, but a pass to Wheaton would fall incomplete. Would it matter? It's 15-0. It's late in the third. Are you rejoicing? I'm feeling really good at this point. And, and kudos to Martavis Bryant for, uh, for showing up in this game. Uh, Big Ben on his radio show that he used to have back in those days, he, he kind of challenged him to, to step it up, and he really did uh, on that play. It was one of the best uh, catches I've ever seen. So, yeah, I, wasn't, I was feeling really good at that point because 
because uh, the defense had played so well. And, and with, with the Bengals having a, a backup quarterback and it just felt like it was going to be the Steelers night and they were going to pull away and it would be off to Denver and, and for the divisional round. Well, the Bengals would come out and they would go on the prowl with the black and orange. The rain was also intensifying as well. The Bengals were dropping deep into Steelers territory on a short pass to Giovanni Bernard. Here comes the amazing Ryan Shazier. He launched toward Bernard and caught him helmet to helmet. However, he would not be pump, he would not be punished or penalized because Bernard would make a move, but he knocked him out. Knocked him out almost cold. The ball would pop out, and Shazier was going to start running with the ball, Tony. What happens? Uh, well, he 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 ran for and really it should have been it should have been a touchdown because the it was a fumble it was a clean fumble but the 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 officials blew it dead and then after that all, all heck broke loose between jeremy hill and, and a bunch of steelers players uh as uh hill took exception to shazier's uh, uh hit on bernard and bernard was uh, on the ground there getting tended to as uh, all this was taking place you know so tomlin looks at this and for those of you who like to Accused Tomlin of not ever winning challenges and know when to challenge a play. He challenged this play. He threw out the red flag. And because the ball popped loose, it was Steelers ball. But because, because the whistle blew, they had to stop it and they lost that touchdown. And that would be end up being a huge deal because the Steelers never would, would uh, reach the end zone again in this game actually tony and they would have reached the end zone there this game is out of reach and we're probably not even talking about this game on the retro show tony absolutely yeah and and, and kudos uh, to tomlin for recognizing what 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 was obvious after you looked at it on 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 the replay and and as you know uh turnover turnovers are automatically reviewed but since this one was wasn't called a turnover uh on the field tomlin had to had to challenge it so uh, that was a very sad move for him at that point to uh, to recognize that and throw the flag. This is where I laugh because the Bengals were out seeking revenge at this point. <laughs> the Steelers were never allowed to seek revenge for everything that Vontez Burfecht oh. would do to them and all the dirty play against Cincinnati, but they felt like uh, it was a dirty play on Shazier's part, and it really wasn't because, no. you know, this guy made a move. He made a football move in – the former Giovanni Bernard and he got cracked and he caught him the wrong way. He wasn't trying to launch and hit him in the helmet. He just got cracked. And there's been rules to try to change that as well. You know, this guy put his head down. It, it was unfortunate situation. Now on the next play, it got even more, excuse me, the next series, it got even more unfortunate for the Steelers as Ben Roethlisberger would have to be carted off of the field because Vontez Perfect burst through on third and 18, slammed down Ben hard on the play, was not penalized. Ben gets carted off. Steelers have to punt as the quarter ends. Tony, were you getting frightened because your franchise player is getting carted off with Bengals fans throwing beer on him as he's getting carted away? And you're still the game's 15 nothing but momentum looks like it's going in Cincinnati's favor now 
Yeah, I was really worried at that point. And not at, at that point, I wasn't necessarily worried about the game yet. I was worried about Roethlisberger's availability for the, for the, for the rest of the playoffs because you mentioned Burfecht and, and the problems that, that he gave the Steelers that year and, and his dirty play. Well, he he uh, ended Le'Veon Bell's year with a questionable tackle. And, and, and in the second game of that regular season, he, he uh, went low at Ben's knees. And it was such an egregious uh, – play that Mike Tomlin wouldn't even shake his hand afterwards. So for the uh, Bengals to react so, so negatively to the Shazier hit, which wasn't really that bad. It was just unfortunate. It just, it just, it just spoke to their character at that point, the Bengals character, in my opinion. Absolutely. And on the next series, since he would score. So there was reason to worry after McCarron goes deep to AJ green, Will Allen was called for interference. Jeremy Hill would plunge in from the one yard line, just like that. 13.53 remaining, it's 15-7 to seven now, and the Bengals have new life. Yeah, what once was a 15-point uh, lead in, in a game that the Steelers had control of, it seemed like, from the end of the, of the second quarter on. Now, all of a sudden, it's a one-score game, just like that. On the next series, in comes Landry Jones. He'll be okay, Tony, right? Uh, well, based on 2015, he, he, he had a little bit of hope, but he didn't. He, that wasn't on display in, in, in this game for sure. He did not do much to inspire or move the offense. He was incredibly awful and dreadful all at the same time. <laughs> Todman had a long run on that series, but Landry couldn't do anything. He was sacked. The Steelers had to punt. Then McCarron got the offense moving again. The Steelers struggled to stop him. But they finally did down by the 19-yard line. Cincinnati kicks a field goal. It's now 15 to 10 with 5:15 remaining. But you've got Landry Jones in, and you didn't see much from him on the first series. And they've got to run some time off the clock, Tony. Yeah, at that point, what you needed from 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 Landry Jones and, and the rest of the offense is a few first downs to try to. Uh, uh, that minimized the, the chances for the Bengals to, to come back and, and take the lead. And, 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 and Jones was not up, up to the task this day at all. Yeah, and nothing worked. It was a three and out. But something ominous happened right before he took the field. The rain, it's driving rain at this point. The rain's driving down. And all of a sudden, Tracy Wolf, Wolfson is talking about who on the sidelines? The, the man himself, Big Ben, he finally emerged from the, from the uh, locker room and, and he was standing there with the, uh, the emergency just in case uh, glass around him. And, and, uh, and as we're about to find out later in the game, that would come in handy. And he was wearing pads as well. So that was a big deal. McCarron was moving the ball again after the Barry punt. On third and seven, McCarron launched a 25-yard pass to that tormentor, A.J. Green. That guy was fantastic against the Steelers. Green caught it right in front of Willie Gay, and then he made a move and sauntered right into the end zone. The Bengals went for two, but the Steelers' D luckily sniffed out Jordan Hill, and the run failed. But with 150 left in the game now, 150, the Bengals lead 16-15. to 15. Not good. And here's when it gets crazy. Landry Jones on the very first play was picked off by that jerk. And look, there's not many people I'm allowed to call a jerk. Fontes Perfect is a complete piece of doo-doo. And he showed it in this game. Perfect intercepts Landry Jones. 
and he runs all the way to the Cincinnati tunnel, but the wrong way of the field. And you're like, oh my gosh, he's going, he's turning around. This is like Chuck Foreman from the seventies with the Minnesota Vikings, but he was down by contact, but they were celebrating like complete punks. There was five or six of them following them. It was a celebration that was not legal back then. Of course, they didn't touch that celebration. They touched the Willie Gay one on a touchdown that was annulled, but they didn't go after this. Oh, it's really bad at this point, Tony. The game's over. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, here we go. Uh, another year where they don't win a playoff game. And, and you're right. Why that wasn't called a, a celebration penalty is beyond me. But but uh, him running the wrong way and, and scoring a safety would have been the most, most Bengals thing ever. But as we're about to find out, they, they, they have much more uh, ineptitude in them. And, and, and that would be on full display in a few minutes. Absolutely. And yeah, but the next play, the next very next play seasons change again, Jeremy Hill runs up the middle. He gets cracked by Ryan Shazier and the ball squirts loose, squirts loose forward into the waiting arms of number 31 Ross Cockerell, Tony. Oh, that was such a miracle play at that point. And that's why that illustrates illustrated why they, they uh, drafted Ryan Shazier in the first place. And he was a playmaker that their defense had missed for so many years. And, and he really came through with one of the most important uh, postseason plays in the history of the franchise. Yeah. But the problem is we've got Landry Jones, right? 23 left. He hasn't done anything. He threw a pick. Oh, gosh, it's driving rain. He's not the guy. But there's another guy, a one-armed Ben Roethlisberger sauntered out onto the field with his shoulder basically hanging down below his thighs. He came out in an attempt to save the day, starting from his own nine-yard line. Ben found some players. Ben found Martavis on an eight-yard pass. He threw it incomplete to Brown on the next play. On third and two, he lofted it. It was a beautiful loft pass to Fitz Toussaint for a first down. Then another defense, Fitz. From the 41-yard line, the Steelers faced a fourth down, and Ben found A.B. with 22 seconds left in the game. But it happened, Tony. It happened. Oh, my gosh, it happened. What happened? On the very next play, and they're running out of time at this point. As you said, there's only 22 seconds left, and they're at midfield. They need to get in the field goal range, and Ben goes for for uh, AB again on a little on a crossing pattern about 15 yards downfield, and it's incomplete. But Fontes Burke for, perfect uh, makes up for that 15 yards by cracking uh, Brown in the head, and 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 gets called for uh, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. It was the most egregious shot ever. So what happens? The Steelers are now looking at a 50-yard field goal. But what? What happens? There was chaos on the field because Antonio Brown, and this is, in my mind, this is the play that ruined Antonio Brown's career. It was such a horrendous, a horrendous injury. And the concussion was so bad. He was out the next week. He was out. He but he was never the same again. The joyous Antonio Brown was never back. The playful Antonio Brown wasn't there. He became angry after this. I think this real, this concussion really hurt him. He's laying basically on the field. 
he looks like he's knocked out. In fact, when he hit, he got twisted and got hit again from somebody else. Right. And so next thing you know, people are out to attend to him. Joey Porter comes out to help out. Not sure why a defensive coach is on the field. Joey's got a mouth and he's <laughs> spouting off. Then Will um, Wallace Gilberry comes and pushes pushes Joey Porter. And then our buddy, Pac-Man Jones, he can't keep his mouth shut either, Tony. What happens? He went. He also went after after PZ and 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 while doing so, he, he made contact with a with an official, and he was penalized 15 yards. I I don't know what he was possibly going through his mind at that point, but uh, he was never one for uh, discipline, and, and that, it would be another 15 yards for the uh, for the Steelers. Yeah, I actually had a buddy that worked at Enterprise Rent a Car when uh, Pac Man Jones at West Virginia completely demolished a car and destroyed it and just came and dropped the keys off and uh and uh said eh, nah, it's not my problem he said well yeah it's gonna be coach's problem <laughs> and like oh wow. okay and then all of a sudden next thing you know a check came into uh enterprise around a car to take care of the entire <laughs> suv but i digress i'm probably not supposed to talk about that but that was 20 years ago and i don't work for that company right now either but it wasn't their fault it was uh West Virginia University at the time that had had a crazy program. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really did have a renegade show during the uh, Rich Rodriguez era, but I digress mm-hmm. as well. But here we go. It's not a 50-yard field goal anymore. It's now a 35-yard field goal. And Mike Tomlin's saying, we're not messing around. This game is too nuts. Get out Boswell. Boswell comes on. What happens? He drills it right down the middle. He had ice water in his veins for a for a young guy, and and, and as you said, Tomlin wasted no time. Eighteen seconds left, and and uh, the Steelers are up eighteen sixteen. The rookie drills it. Not only are they up eighteen sixteen, that's basically the game. It is over. There's nothing left but the crying girl for the Bengals in the stands, right. who has become famous. Even Pittsburgh dad has her on the show every once in a while. Hmm. I was loving it. My house was going absolutely crazy. My wife slept through the entire thing. She's sitting there on the couch. She fell asleep. She didn't wake up and we were the most raucous we ever were. It was <laughs> like we just won the Super Bowl there. It was an amazing feeling because you take, you had victory. Then you watched it slip away. You had a 15 nothing lead. It's gone. There is no possible way. Hollywood could not write this script, Tony. If they wrote it, people would laugh at him and say, you can't sell that. No one's ever going to believe it. And this game happened. It was probably one of the craziest finishes to an NFL game that I have ever seen. Actually, to maybe a sports game that I have ever seen. I've never seen anything that weird. And it happened. And it happened in the Steelers' favor. What was going on in Tony's world? As you said, it was so weird because they they had control of the game for like 80% of the game. And all of a sudden they're losing it looks like they're they're gonna lose and then uh they get rescued by shazier and they get rescued by the bengals who i've i've never seen a team self-destruct like that and those fans in that stadium at paul brown stadium they had to have thought for a split second that finally our playoff curse is lifted and and it couldn't have it couldn't have been um more false and 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 they had to be they had to be stunned and they were, and there was a lot of allegations, a lot of anger afterwards about how dirty the Steelers were. Um, the Bengals were in their minds, not a dirty team. This is yeah. the game that probably ultimately ended up 
costing Marvin Lewis his job because Marvin Lewis was a fine coach, but right. he could never get control of all of the renegades on this team. So with that being said, it was a huge, huge win. Now the Steelers were too beaten up the next week. Roethlisberger was not healthy, but he played. You had Fitz Toussaint who did play. D'Angelo Williams was still out. Of course, there was not going to be a Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown was nowhere to be found because he was hurt. Martavis Bryant showed up, looked really good. This team almost won this game. There was a phantom call on, uh, actually not a call. There was a tackle that was made that was not called and uh, extended a drive for the Broncos to eventually win the game. Fitz Toussaint had a bad fumble, and the Broncos ended up winning the Super Bowl, and the Steelers went home for another what-if. It just was not meant to be, but there's no way you could take away this game, Tony. It was a monumental win for the Steelers, and I think one that the Bengals will never, ever recover from. Absolutely. Uh, when it comes to the Steelers and Bengals rivalry, I couldn't imagine a better way to, uh, to, to beat them in a playoff game and, and, and continue their, uh, <laughs> their misery when it comes to the postseason action. So this was a very, very pleasant surprise at the end and a very very uh, uh, joyous time for me as a fan because it was something that they hadn't done in, in a half a decade. So I, was, I, I really relished this victory. This was a Saturday night and on the East Coast, this game was ended after midnight and I stayed up for about three hours. I had to teach Sunday school the next day. It did not matter how tired I was. I watched highlight after highlight and interview after interview, anything I could get my hands on. And I was not... Uh, there was not much on BTSC at the time because I was not that familiar with BTSC at the time, but now I am. And now we would be your one-stop source. You would have a post game. You would have everything that you could possibly desire. We didn't have it back then. And I was searching for it and I found some stuff and it was absolutely glorious. So a fun game to talk about, Tony. Absolutely. And, and, and to your point, I was the next day I, I had a, uh to go get my, my new tire put on at the mall and I was stuck in the mall for hours, but I was so happy because of, because of this game. And, and, and that helped me and <laughs> helped those, those hours go by pretty quickly. Yes, it did. My friend. So thanks for going back in time with me, Tony. You too, Brian. This was a, this was a fun game and it wasn't that far back in time, but it, it's certainly a game that we'll be talking about for, for decades as Steeler fans. All right. So keep on with BTSC for all your favorite games. Next week, we're going to go to Pittsburgh and Jacksonville and talk about a crazy game from 1997. But for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can take me away. I don't mind. But you, got, you better promise me that I'll be back in time.